This morning, I want to talk about what I have titled, Do Not Be Anxious, Stay Focused, and Stay Ready. Amen. Do not be anxious, stay focused, and stay ready. Amen. Now, in the Akron service, we spoke about just do not be anxious, daughters of Zion. And that was the word for them. And then the Lord wanted us to add a little bit to it for the Cleveland service. It says, do not be anxious, stay focused, stay ready. Amen. So I'm going to start reading from Matthew 6, 25. I'll read, you know, we know this passage very well. I'll be as brief as I can be. Um, I'll start reading in the King James, though I have the new King James, so it makes it slightly easier. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Amen. Amen. And yesterday we had the women's um, tea party brunch. Thank you, ladies. It was awesome for all those who were able to make it. Thank you. If you were not there, we have the message recorded. But it would have been better if you were there because it was really good. Thank you, ministry team ladies who put it together. Minister Zini, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you. Last, yesterday, we spoke about a woman of excellence. And today, we're saying don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. There are many things that take us out of our comfort zone, that make us run up and down, helter-skelter. And the reason when we think about it is because we're anxious. And Jesus recognized that and he said, don't be anxious. I've got this, he said. He said, your father knows that you need these things. And if we let that anxiety seep into our lives, it makes us do some things that we otherwise would not do. And um, so just hold that thought and say, say to yourself, I will not be anxious. I will be calm. I will be clear-headed. I will be collected. Amen. Now, there's a reason why we're saying don't be anxious. Women tend to be anxious. Men are anxious. They don't show it. Women are anxious. They show it. <laughs> and um, I know men are anxious, but they are macho and, you know, they hold it well. But uh, we don't necessarily hold it well as women. So I want to read from 1 Peter 3. 
not the whole um, passage. You know, this is where it says, wives, be subject to your husband. And then it goes on to say, uh, don't let your outward adorning be of braided hair and jewelry. And then in verse 6, it says, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, who with any as you are, as long as you do well and not afraid with any amazement. He said, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and you are not afraid with any amazement. Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Amen. Say, I won't be afraid. Now, that word amazement in the real, in the Greek say, it means terror. Don't be terrified. Can you put that scripture up in the Amplified, verse 6? It says, and you are now her true daughters, that is Sarah's true daughters, if you do not, uh, if you do right and let nothing terrify you, not giving way to hysterical fears, hysterical fears, or letting anxieties unnerve you. A lot of things unnerve us. There are prayer points you've prayed about, you've kept aside for a while. There are things you've, you know, started doing and you're not sure if it's going to succeed. You've got your kids you're worried about. Some are doing well, some are not doing well. Just a lot of things that just get us all edgy. What he says, don't let anything terrify you. It says, don't give way to hysterical fears. So it's not just now that you're terrified, you're hysterical about it. You know what hysterical means? Yeah, all of that noisy, clamorous, just making noise and shouting. And, and your husband is saying, calm down, honey, it's going to be fine. You don't know what I'm talking about. It's like, okay, let's take it down a notch. You, you kind of move from I'm afraid to the hysterical face. But the Lord is saying, uh-uh, it's okay, I've got this. Amen. The guy himself is afraid. He's just not showing it. So there's really no need to panic. It says, don't be moved. Don't give way. Don't be unnerved. Amen. It says, keep calm. I've got this. Let nothing terrify you. In John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. It's not saying, you know, consider, you know, don't let your heart be troubled. It's a command. Let not your heart be troubled. This is not a plea Jesus is telling you. Don't let it happen. Don't be afraid. The complete Jewish Bible says, what I am leaving with you is shalom. I am giving you my shalom. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything in it. So he said, I'm giving it to you, not the way the world gives it. I'm giving it to you, but I'm giving it to you from my own stash of peace. He says, I'm giving you my own peace, my own shalom. Amen. And then in John 16, he says, I've told you these things. Let's read it in the Amplified especially. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. He says, but be of good cheer. 
What does cheer mean? What does cheer mean? Joy, laughter, dancing, singing. So when it comes, when it's coming and the trouble is coming, he says break into a dance. When you can't figure it out, he says start to laugh. When it's getting too much, he says just start to turn around and dance around. He says when it's too much, say, <laughs> Satan, is that all you got? He says be of good chair. He says, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. The part I like the most is, I have deprived it of power to harm you. So when you see it coming, what do you do? Start dancing. When you see it getting bigger and bigger, like there's no answer, he says, start laughing. And laugh so much that tears are running down your face. And then go forward anyways. So be of courage. Courage is you see fear. You see something that it looks like it's going to overwhelm you. And you walk into it anyways. That's courage. That is you see something that is too big but you take it on anyways. That's what Goliath had from David. David saw him. Went towards him. and The Bible didn't say he, he stepped back. What did the Bible says he ran towards him. He said, I'm going to cut your head off. He wasn't just mouthing it. He believed it. So he says, be of good cheer. I have deprived the world of power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Amen. So that's what God has done for you. So he's saying to us, ladies, don't be anxious. Don't give way to hysterical fears. Don't get up in the middle of the night. Start wailing. Stop crying. When it gets too much, start laughing. Start dancing. Go put on some music and say, Father, I'm dancing because I know you got this. And if you don't know how that works, go to Hebrews 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5 in the Amplified. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, and I'm going to read the second part, uh, portion of it. It says, for he, God himself, in the Amplified, in the Amplified, he will start in five. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not. Three times he said it. And like I said in the Akron church, when, when your mother in, in Nigeria was growing up, if they called you and you didn't do it, and they say, how many times did I call you? By the time your mom is asking you, how many times did I call you? Uh, you are in trouble. <laughs> it's not going in the way you want it to go. It's going in the, you, you better straighten up real quick. Well, God said it three times. He said, I will not. I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. I will not forsake you. I will not let you down. I will not relax my hold on you, assuredly not. 
So don't give in to hysterical fears. When you see trouble, what do you do? You dance. You laugh. Why? Because you know God is right there. He's not moving away. He said, I will not leave you in any degree. He's right here. Now you can't see him, but he is. He's fighting for you. He's walking for you. So don't take it all on. And that's why sometimes we get very distracted because you feel that if you don't deal with it, it's never going to happen. No, you're not that powerful. I know the poem says we're super human and like a super woman. Um, yeah, it's God's super on our woman. Okay, not really us. If you see us doing things like that, it's because his grace came and rested on us. So it's his super on our natural. So that makes us super woman. Amen. But it's not you all by yourself. You can't come up with all the answers yourself. The minute you start to try to it, it's too much. Because suddenly you see that what you know is not enough to handle it. It's too much. Sometimes you've done all you know to do and it's still not enough. Sometimes you've gone into your bank account, you've pulled all the money you have together, you've done everything and it's still not enough. So at that point in time, you step back, you let go and let God, okay? Because he said, I am there. I will not leave you helpless. He says, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree relax my hold on you. So he settled it. So when you see us running helter-skelter, you see us doing these things, it makes me wonder, um, do we think God is not doing what he's supposed to do? Because if he is, we should be more focused. So the second part of our message today is stay ready. Stay focused and stay ready. So don't be anxious. We already learned why we should not be anxious. God's got it. And you can't, you can't handle it anyways. You can't, you can't solve it. If you could, you would have, and you wouldn't be in the problem. But you're in the problem because what you know can't solve it, we might as well let go and let God. So don't be anxious. It's a command, actually. It's not, it's not I'm trying to help. You know, he says don't be anxious. And if you're anxious, then there's something wrong. However, he also says, he's, he, he, he's saying to us that we should stay ready, stay focused. What are we to be ready for? We should be ready that one day we're going to give an account of our life here. Very, very important. For the woman of God here this morning, sitting in those pews, I call you a woman of God because God is your last name. You're God's child. So you are a woman of God. I know there's another way we use it, but you, he is your father. And you are his child. And he calls you his own. So he's saying to you today that you should stay focused. Don't be distracted. All these things we're running around to get done. None of them in the long run when we do get to heaven, most of them we can't present. Amen? So this is where it gets a little quiet, but, but bear with me. It'll be all right. If we go to Philippians 4 from verse 2, now I'll talk about a few women here. I hope I can pronounce these names well. <laughs> Help me if I'm missing it. In Philippians 4 verse 2, there are two ladies. They were 
servants of God in a particular church. Their name, one was Euodia and the other was Syntyche. Now, I, I, appeal, I appeal to Euodia, and I'm reading in the New Living, New Living Translation. Now, I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They walked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. These two women, their names were written in the book of life. So what I want to remind us today of is, do you know that your name is written in the book of life as a child of God? Brother, sister, if you have given your life to Christ, your name is written in the book of life. So these two women, Apostle Paul is saying, they worked very hard alongside Apostle Paul and this other brother called Clement. And he's telling them, make up whatever your disagreement is. He said, because they were my co-workers, co-laborers. We labored together in the gospel and their names are in the book of life. So I want to spend a little time on what they did. They labored and then their names are in the book of life. Do you know God has a book? It's called the book of life. We've been hearing about this book in the, from the Old Testament. That book, there was a time the children of Israel got so bad. God got so mad at them that he just was going to let them be and leave them to all die and rot in the wilderness. So Moses comes up and says, Lord, no, please, Lord, don't do that. He says, take my name out of the, your book, but stay with these people. And God said, no, the people who go against me are the ones that will take their names out, but your name remains. So we've been hearing about this book for a long time. There is a book of life. And the Bible says at the end, the book of life will be opened. And anybody whose name is not found in the book of life does not get to go in to stay with the Lord forever. They are actually cast into the lake of fire. That's not a good place to be. But then anybody whose name is in the book of life, it's almost like a, a register. It's like you give your life to Christ. We write your name in there, Francine, Paul. John, Malachi, Joshua. We just write your name in there. The, more, the minute you give your life to Christ, we write your name in there. The Bible says Euodia and Syntyche had their names there. And if you read furthermore in the Bible, there are quite a few people that the Lord lists their names. And he's, he's told them, your name is already there. That's why now, as I was telling our leadership team when we were meeting, I said, I don't read past names in the Bible anymore. You know, when you say this begats this and this begats this, and it's a long list of names, and you get so tired of the begats and the begats. But there's a reason why the Lord included that person's name in the Bible. You want your name somewhere there. But why was the Lord talking about them in this? It wasn't because if you walk hard, your name will get there. No, there's only one way to get ourselves into that book. is by giving our hearts to the Lord and becoming a child of God. By being born again, to be plain and simple. However, there are some other books 
there are some other books. And I want to talk about what goes into those other books. What goes into those other books are the things that you do while you are here. What you are doing while you are here. So in Revelations, the Bible says, Revelations 3, 5, I'll read it in the Amplified. It says, and thus shall he who conquers be clad in white garments. So if you, you're, if you are victorious, you leave this world, you're, you are already born again, you have a white garment, and your name will not be erased or blot out of the name. So your name won't be blotted out of the book of life. And Jesus says, I will acknowledge you as mine. He says, I will acknowledge you as mine. But then in Revelations 20, that book of life stands there. So I want us to read it in the King James, Revelations 20 from 12 down. And this is the last day when, well, not on this earth, but in heaven, there's a revelation given to the Apostle John, he says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Which books? And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And we've talked about how do you get your name into the book of life. But those books, the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged everyone according to their works. Everyone. So your works, the things you're doing right now, how you're serving God, all the things you're doing like Yodia and Senteki, they had books. God is so much into books. In Malachi 3, the Bible says, when God was admonishing them, pay your tithe. You, didn't, you, you pay your tithe. Some didn't pay their tithe. Then eventually he says, oh, um, some started to talk among themselves and said, okay, we're going to stop paying our tithe. The Bible says a book of remembrance was opened and the names of those who decided to stop paying their tithe were written. It says the book was opened before the Lord. God is into books. And he's particular about names. He knows your name. You are not number one million and twenty of abundant life ministries. Uh uh. You're not a number. He's particular about who you are, he knows your address. So like when Mary, the mother of Jesus, in her teenage years, people say she was around 15, 17, when Angel Gabriel went to her, he was sent to the Mary that was living in Nazareth on a certain street. If you read it, you'd be shocked how, how detailed it was. It wasn't to the Mary that lived on Wilson Mills Boulevard. Uh -uh. It was sent to the Mary in Nazareth on a particular day who was betrothed to Joseph, he knows your name. And so there are books, there's a particular one that you must make sure you're on that roll call. Then there are books with your name. Helen, 1954 to 2000 uh, and something. 
That belongs to Helen. And what's in Helen, she already made the book. What she now wants, now what we want to reward her based on is based on what is written here. Now, where I am going with this is, is what the Lord kept impressing on me. That because of the anxiety of life, we are neglecting the book with our name on it. When you finally do get to heaven, guess what? My medical degree is not going to count. So if I spend all my life pursuing that and that's all I did, I'm going to hand it over because Jesus is going to sit. The Bible says it's a great white throne. He sits there. The first question is, is her name in the book? They go all the way to T. Oh, okay. She's there. Come on, daughter. Come on, daughter. Welcome home. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, now, bring the books. And it's quite a few books because you lived here maybe 90 years. You should have something to write of your every minute. So, bring the books. Okay, she gave her life to Christ on something 1980, and then she did this. Then she did this for the Lord. Then she went to college. She went to medical school. Uh, she has only one book, just one. You would expect she has like maybe 20 with every line filled. What's going on there? There are some things that don't make it to heaven. There are some things that have no meaning in heaven. The problem is we spend our lives running after those things. And they don't count. To us here, it counts. How will I buy a new pair of shoes? How will I make sure the shoes match? Will my hair make it this week? Am I going to have a bad hair day? May I have to make my appointment? I have to get my nails done. Okay, I got my nails done. My husband, oh, I have to get him this gift. Oh, my daughter is going to this school. I have to get money together. And Jesus said, all these things, the Gentiles, that is the non-believing people, are running after. It doesn't matter. Their names are not there anyways. In that, the book. So whether they spend their whole life running after it, it's irrelevant. But your name made it into the book. So you want to make sure that once you get in, books. What makes it, though, into that, those books? It's your service to the Lord. Remember that common saying, only what we do for the Lord will count? We say it every time, but the question is, what exactly it is, is it that you're doing for the Lord? We need to ask ourselves that question. So Yodia and Sinteki did something. Let's talk about a woman called Lydia. So it's Mother's Day, we're talking to women. Lydia, in Acts 16, from verse 13... There were certain women. Lydia was not a Jew. So she was not part of the covenant. But then she converted. So they called them proselytes. People who converted from being non-believers to Judaism. So Lydia was a Greek woman. And she goes with this other woman by trade. She, she dyes clothes. 
She was a businesswoman. She would dye clothes, get them together, and then she would um, sell them to the merchants on the ship. So in, on this particular day, she and some other proselyte women, other Greek women who had converted to Judaism, they went by this riverside to pray. And as they were praying, they didn't know, they'd never heard about Jesus. They were just praying. The Bible says Apostle Paul comes by. He comes by. So verse 13, Acts 16, verse 13, he says, And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who we met there. The women were praying. But by trade, they were dyers, D-Y-E-R-S, and business women. But at this point in time, they were praying. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller, a businesswoman who sold purple. It's a kind of material, very expensive. And she sold purple from the city of Thyatira, but she worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household was were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So Lydia was the very first convert in, the, in Europe. Very first. Not a man. In fact, Thyatira, where she did her business, Apostle Paul had tried to go there once and the Lord spoke to him in a vision and said, no, you cannot go. But Lydia, who was really not a Jew, but converted to Judaism, was there. And she got aware of the gospel. She said, wow, there's a Jesus. The Bible says the Lord opened her heart. She gave her life to Christ and immediately started to serve God. Based on Lydia's work and her ministry to Apostle Paul, gospel moved into Europe. She didn't just get saved. She made sure everyone in her household Everyone got baptized. Many women did that. They didn't just get saved. They got their home, so they made sure their home centered around the kingdom of God. What is in your book? The book with your name in heaven. So we know what is written in Lydia's, because the Lord gives us a little snapshot in Acts 16. There's another woman, Phoebe. The Bible says in Romans 16:1, a deaconess at the church. There's Prisca. She was a woman who helped bring up, uh, was it, no, it wasn't Timothy. Who was that? Um, she and her husband, Aquila. They were the ones who helped raise up. So she was a teacher of the word. What is your own name and what is written? So... Good question. Some of us are young enough to write a lot of books. Some of us are older, but we can still do something. I don't want you to get to heaven empty-handed. So as we celebrate motherhood and we celebrate women, remember that there are some women who have gone ahead of us. They were the pillars and the foundation blocks of the church. Long before men even actually considered they were there, you know, doing their best. When the men came, they took on leadership roles. But 
There's no male or female. You rise up and you be all that God wants you to be. And in this case, Lydia did it. Phoebe did it. Prisca did it. There was another Mary. I started finding many names. There's one called Trifina, Trifosa, Persis. Names. Names. God is into names. What does your name say in heaven? When your name is mentioned in heaven, do the angels start at attention and say, God, what do you need us to do? We need to move quickly. Just give us the word. Or is it, oh, okay. I don't want, oh, okay. When my name is mentioned. So stay focused. All these things we're running about for, he says, I've got it. I have it. I'll make sure you have food. I'll make sure you have clothes. I'll make sure your children stay focused. Don't be missing in the kingdom. Stay focused. And lastly, let me tell you about some women. Matthew 25, verse 1. We all know the story, but it bears reading. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were what? Can you read it? Verse 2, Matthew 25. Five of them were what? And five were? We'll see why some were foolish and some were wise. Verse 3. Those who were foolish took their lambs and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, no, uh-uh, you go get yours. There won't be enough for you. And me, you go get your own, get your oil. We need to go meet the bridegroom. And verse 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Verse 11, after the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. I don't know you. So everybody was here making noise in church and so on, and then the Lord comes, and he says, no, I don't know you. Your name has no recognition in heaven. That's a terrible thing. What does heaven know you for? Really, what does heaven know you for? Does heaven know you to be a nurse? It's not because you're a nurse. It's because maybe you were kind and you helped people. That's why heaven knows you're not, it's not the title, it's what you did. What does heaven know you for? The books, so don't be anxious, stay focused, stay focused. There's a lot of things going on around us, and as it's going on, we're getting caught up. But in Matthew 24, the Bible says in verse 39, people didn't realize what was going on until the flood came. And swept them all away. 
That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes, verse 40, Matthew 24. Two men will be walking together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. 41, two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Verse 44, you also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when you least expect. The message translation, Luke 21, verse 34, message translation. Luke 21, 34, but be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by what? Parties, drinking, and, uh-oh, shopping. It made it in there. Ooh, okay. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise. It will spring on you suddenly like a trap. Verse 36. So whatever you do, don't go to sleep at the switch. Amen. Don't be anxious. Stay focused. Stay ready. He's coming. And I don't know why the Lord wants us to hear this today. He is coming. And your life should count. And your name should ring a bell in heaven. Can we stand to our feet this morning? Man, that was also for you. I know it's Mother's Day. But that was also for you. We are not to be anxious. We are to stay focused. Keep what is important. Keep the main thing the main thing. And we should stay ready. I encourage you today. I know the Lord is speaking to us. It's a great day. He's got our back. He'll take care of us. He said he won't leave us. He promised. He said, I won't leave you. I will not leave you. He said it. He said, I'll, I'll take care of your children. I'll take care of your business. I'll take care of your home. But I want you to keep me first. Keep the kingdom first. Have books. Let your name ring a bell in heaven. Oh, Heavenly Father, raise your hands to heaven. Heavenly Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, we are so glad to be daughters of Zion. Children of God. Whom you love so much. You've encouraged us. You said to us, don't be anxious. You said, I've got this. Don't spend too much time trying to fix stuff that I have already fixed or that I'm working on for you. You told us that. We receive that word. Now, Father, help us to stay focused. That the things of this life will not continually take our attention and focus from you and your kingdom. Show us how to balance it all, how to handle the troubles and tribulations and trials around us and to keep our minds on you so that when you do show up or when we show up in heaven, we'll have something to show for our life here on earth. I trust you, Heavenly Father, that you'll make this word good in our lives. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 
Women, give him a shout. <laughs> 